We come to today's passage, which is from Acts chapter 20. Um, we're kind of following a theme of mission-shaped living these weeks and following it um, as, yeah, from a passage in Luke chapter 10 when Jesus sent 72 disciples out um, on mission, sent them ahead two by two to, to go and share the, the good news. And as he sent them out, Luke, uh, Luke 10, so he said to them that they had grounds for confidence. They were going into uh, to a harvest that was ready and prepared. God had been at work. Secondly, he'd said that they were to establish connections. They were to find uh, persons of peace. If someone who promotes peace is there, your peace will rest on them. Stay there, verses 6 and 7. And now in the, that third verse, with the stay there, we're thinking of how they were to build a rapport, not just to make connection and then run away, but to continue with those that they'd been welcomed by. They were to build on the good contact. The Apostle Paul, um, of course, is the outstanding missionary example from the rest of the New Testament. And he, he is someone who went on many missionary journeys and started churches in many different places. We know some of them from the, the letters that he's written in the, in the New Testament, the church in Galatia, the church in Ephesus, and, and so on. He stayed in touch where he could, and how he could. And, and, and his letters at times were, were quite particular in terms of picking up issues that were going on in the different local churches. So he was, he was clearly still in church. He was able to name names. He was able to say, this is what's going on. This is what some of you are doing. But as well as those writings, and indeed before these writings, Paul would stay with a new church for as long as he was needed before he could hand the work on over to someone else. That, that is, he wouldn't just come and do, here's a mission crusade, I'm doing a week of gospel meetings and then go. He built, he stayed with the people of peace until the church was formed. Now he'd been to Ephesus and he had um, been away, been almost three years there, um, building the church. And in Acts chapter 20, in the passage that we're going to come to, Paul had already moved on from Ephesus, but he was on his journey back to Jerusalem, passing nearby. And so he sent word to the church leaders in Ephesus to ask them to meet him in Miletus, and he was going to be sharing with them. And so this passage that Alan is going to be reading for us is describing um, what Paul was saying to the leaders in Ephesus, a church that he had established, a church that he had spent three years building up. And on his way back to Jerusalem, he was taking this further opportunity to do more and, and speak with them again. So listen for the Word of God. Today's reading is from Acts chapter 20, verses 17 to 38. From Miletus, Paul sent to Ephesus for the elders of the church. When they arrived, he said to them, You know how I lived the whole time I was with you, from the first day I came into the province of Asia. I served the Lord with great humility and with tears, and in the midst of severe testing by the plots of my Jewish opponents. 
You know that I have not hesitated to preach anything that would be helpful to you, but I've taught you publicly and from house to house. I have declared to both Jews and Greeks that they must turn to God in repentance and have faith in our Lord Jesus. And now, compelled by the Spirit, I am going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. I only know that in every city the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. Now I know that none of you among whom I have gone about preaching the kingdom will ever see me again. Therefore, I declare to you today that I am innocent of the blood of any of you. For I have not hesitated to proclaim to you the whole will of God. Keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. I know that after I leave, savage wolves will come in among you and will not spare the flock. Even from your own number, men will arise and distort the truth in order to draw away disciples after them. So, be on your guard. Remember that for three years I never stopped warning each of you night and day with tears. Now I commit you to God and to the word of his grace, which can build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. I have not coveted anyone's silver or gold or clothing. You yourselves know that these hands of mine have supplied my own needs and the needs of my companions. In everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak, remembering the words the Lord Jesus himself said. It is more blessed to give than to receive. When Paul had finished speaking, he knelt down with all of them and prayed. They all wept as they embraced him and kissed him. What grieved them most was his statement that they would never see his face again. Then they accompanied him to the ship. Amen. In the previous chapter from the one from which Alan's just read, um, Acts chapter 19, we, we find out there were some pretty dramatic goings on while Paul was in, in Ephesus. Um, some quite headline stuff. And yet, that's not what he talks about in chapter 20 when he's with the church leaders. There, he stresses the solid day-to-day caring and serving, the sharing and teaching work that he carried out in public and in people's homes. His teaching, of course, verse 21, focused on Jesus. It spoke to people, verse 24, about the grace of God and the need for repentance and trust. And the church which had come about as people came to faith was the church of God the Father, bought by the blood of Christ the Son, and was being shaped by the Holy Spirit. All in verse 28, keep watch over yourselves that all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has been at work has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God the Father, which he bought with his own blood, the Son. And so this Trinitarian God of mission, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit 
once again his working to have a church in the world. And we're thinking today about the importance of the church building real connection with folk if we are to share Jesus with them. And what I want to highlight from Paul's talk to these uh, church leaders from Ephesus is his commitment to them, but also his openness. Verse 18, you know. Verse 20, you know. Verse 34, you know. That is, he can say again and again, you know what I did. You know how I lived. You know who I was when I was with you. Now, how did they know that? Because he had lived with them. He was open with them. They could see that he, he wasn't one thing when he stood up and spoke in front of a crowd and, and then something, someone else quite different when he was off duty. They knew it wasn't an act. Uh, Stephen Preston was uh, telling me this week about a, um, a story he'd read in a, in, in a book where um, a well-known speaker was um, at a, a Christian convention and was sitting on the platform waiting for his turn to speak. And the person leading the meeting was at the front of the platform and telling the, the congregation there what a, what a great evening it was going to be and how they could see the spirit was, at mo- was moving and how the praise had been lifting up and everything else. And, and he was going on in those terms. And as he was moving about doing that, he passed by the, the chair where the speaker was sitting who was about to speak. And, and as he passed the, the speaker, he said, it's not going very well tonight. It's going to be really hard. Paul would never have done that. Not one thing when you're speaking publicly and inside feeling else. No, Paul was genuine with people. And he could say in front of these church folk from Ephesus, you know, you know, you know. Similarly, in one of his letters in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, in the, 12 verses, the 12, first 12 verses of the chapter, he reminds the church in Thessalonica of how he never made the gospel a means of selfish gain. He had been as gentle as a nurse with them, he says, sharing his very self, working night and day so that he would not be a burden to anyone. And again, he says, verse 1 of 1 Thessalonians 2, you know. Verse 5, you know. Verse 9, you remember. Verse 10, you are witnesses. Verse 11, you know. Now, Paul can only say those things because they're true. He'd built a rapport. He kind of, as it were, sums all of that up and Philippians chapter 4 at verse 9 where he says to the church, whatever you have learned or received from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. Imagine being able to say that. Whatever you have learned or received from me or seen in me, put it into practice. Now, no see... CTV cameras were ever going to find out Paul and show him up. Not just because there weren't CCTV cameras in his day, but because he was completely genuine. No investigative journalist would have been able to discover scandal in his private life. Paul's method was never do what I say, not what I do. And there's a challenge whether or not you and I could say what Paul says 
Would we be able to say as easily to folks, you know and you know, you remember, you are witnesses because I have made my life open to you. I have, I have come to you and, and not kept things back. But as well as he addresses these Ephesian leaders, he stresses just that they, that they know because he's been genuine, but also he stresses his flexibility. In Ephesus, he witnessed to both Jews and the Greeks, verse 21. He spoke in public and also informally from house to house. He would go to where the non-Christians were and speak their language, put things in ways that were relevant to them. Last week I mentioned from 1 Corinthians chapter, read from 1 Corinthians chapter 9, Paul saying that to those who were under the law, he would be under the law. To those who had never heard the law, he'd be as if he'd never heard the law. To the weak, he was weak. To the strong, he was strong. All things to all people, he says, that he might make some of them hear the gospel clearly. Now, of course, he wouldn't do anything that was contrary to the teaching or the way of Jesus. He was not going to commit adultery just so he could speak to adulterers. But notice this movement, this flexibility. He's not expecting folk to accommodate their preferences to his style, but he was going to do all that he could to accommodate to them. So if they came to big public meetings, he'd be speaking at them. If they needed, if they needed him in, in, in their, needed Paul in their home to share more informally, he would do that. If he, would speak to, if he was speaking to those with a Jewish background, he would fit it in with the Old Testament and show how Christ is pointed to there. If he was speaking to the, the Greeks, it would be a different starting place and a different starting point altogether. So he was both genuine and open with people and flexible in how he approached them. Now that is love in action. That is commitment to relationship building. Today, surveys or Google searches show that many people have negative connotations associated with faith and the church. Words like hypocrite, dull, intolerant, brainwashed are all too typical responses. Now, why is that? I suppose some blame might be put on a, an unfriendly press an antagonistic media. But a more serious reason is that we have not been enough out in the world living as Paul lived, showing and sharing Jesus, being genuine, establishing links, being flexible that we might share with more people and bless more people. As we noted last week, looking at the first few verses of Luke chapter 15, Jesus attracted sinners to him and attracted all kinds of people to him. Many people today will not be willing to look into the truth of the, the Christian gospel until some of their false judgments and some of their ideas are removed. And the only way these judgments and the only way these ideas will be removed if there are Christians among them who are being genuine and open and blessing them. They need to see Jesus in action. They need to see Jesus in the lives of his people. It can be quite difficult 
to have a foot in two camps. But that is exactly what the Christian is called to be and to do. To be engaged in the world, but engaged as salt and light. To be engaged and real in the world, genuine and flexible and building relationships and contacts, but also distinctively showing the way of Jesus. And how do we do that? We best learn how to do that by looking at the example of Jesus in the Gospels, by looking also at the example of his followers, particularly Paul and the rest of the New Testament, becoming all things to all people. You know, you know, you know, because nobody's going to be able to contradict him because his life has been such a straightforward and clear presentation of Jesus. And doing that, not in the confines of church, but doing that in the world. Building these contacts. And so, back to Luke 10, Jesus sent the disciples out, gave them grounds for confidence, the harvest's ready. He said that they were to connect with people, not just be passing by. And then he says, thirdly, once that connection's made, build, stay there. And make the gospel real and flesh it to them. And though the life is different nowadays in many, many ways, these mission principles are actually still the same. That we're to go in confidence that it's God's harvest. That we're seek to build real connections. And that like Paul, we're prepared to become all things to all people, to share the good news of Christ. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for people who have reached out in Jesus' name, people who have stepped out, people who have been brave to make Christ known. And we thank you for them and for the fact that had they not done so, the gospel would have fizzled out. Lord, help us to be inspired by you and your scriptures to do and to be the same. For your glory. Amen.